Craft Beer Radio, episode 393, on September 4th, 2016. And happy Labor Day, everybody, and welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the 393rd episode of our esteemed production. Yes, welcome. I was uh, busy fading down the thing there, making sure the music was stopped. That was uh, Staying Alive, Wycliffe, Jean, John, uh, Rhythms del Mundo, which I found this past week, kind All of right. Cuban-inspired covers. It was fun. So, in front of us we have uh, at least one or two whales, bro. Um a couple interesting things. These stuff that we basically picked up. A couple of them I picked up in Massachusetts. Some of them you picked up. And one of them I picked we got up to, uh, these other ones in Caliente. At Caliente and, and one of them we got from Avery. So yeah, why don't we start with the one that Avery sent us? Sounds like a plan. So this is Chai High. It's going to be their their fall seasonals. Right now it's not on their website. Um, so, But I have some information here. It's uh, an ale, spice with, uh, with, uh, ale with spiced chai tea added. Here's the hops. Bullion, which I'm not really familiar with. I think we've, done, we, we've had it before, but I don't really mm-hmm. remember much about it. Uh, Columbus, Sterling, and Herzbrucker. The malts are used are two-row chocolate malt, Munich honey malt, and C120. 26 IBUs, 5.2% alcohol by volume. And I, for one, appreciate that they're doing a autumn seasonal that is not a pumpkin beer, an herb spice beer that is not mm-hmm. pumpkin-based. I just was recently in... Uh, Giant Eagle and, and <laughs> the Wall of Pumpkin, yeah. mm-hmm. the Shrine to Pumpkin. Yes, and it's funny because what three, four, or five weeks ago they had last year's Pumpkin on sale. <laughs> so it's a dark brown with uh, some sort of uh, caramelly highlights. Yep. Pours like a brown ale. Has kind of a darker head than you'd expect. Kind of a um, taupe or like. Uh, Tannish beige head. If this was at one point a taproom rarity. If you go to their website right now, it'll be only there as a taproom rarity. But uh, everyone liked it. Pairs well with roast veggie tacos, coffee cake, and lotus pose. I don't know what lotus pose or pose is. Okay. I don't even know what chai is. I know it's a tea thing. Yes. But I don't even know what chai is. So I'm going to see what the internet has to say. It smells. I mean, it, it smells like a suitably spicy beer, right? It's just. Mm-hmm. It, it smells like an herb spice beer. Um, kind of similar to what you might smell out of a pumpkin beer, because in general, they, a lot of them don't necessarily have pumpkin in them. And even if they do, it doesn't really have a lot of pumpkin aroma, nor pumpkin flavor, as we've found. All right, so I finally found on Wikipedia there was a disambiguation page, and like mm-hmm. it was not like one of the main links. Yeah, so it has. Um, I mean, the aroma is is malty, right? It's a yeah. malt forward beer, and then you're getting this kind of tea like thing. And I'm going to read here in a moment what spices are typically in chai tea, cause, but all I know so far is chai tea is uh, masala chai. And it's um, uh, black tea with spices. So it's, chai is not like a plant. There's not like ground up chai in here as far as I can tell. I'm going to look into it a little I believe more. chai just means spice. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, 
So what do you like? I'm smelling something like I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Like I because it's a spiced tea. You know, I, I'm thinking like how's this compared to Earl Grey and bergamot? But it's really not the same thing. But like I almost said it anyway. So I need to get away from that. I went into the flavor, so I'm already on that. Okay. And cardamom. I'm getting some cardamom on the nose now. It's interesting because it, it starts off as, okay, it's kind of just plain old nutmeg and and uh, stuff like that. But then, then it goes off into a very interesting sort of fruity direction. So I'm, try, I'm trying to, to place because it's, it's, it's hard to figure out where exactly it's going. It's a fruity but almost a fruity sort of umami direction. It, it kind of has a... Um, Kind of has a tahini bit to it. Okay. A little bit of a sesame. Okay. So here I found kind of common spice blends for chai tea. Uh, ginger and cardamom are the main ingredients. And then common ingredients on top of that are cinnamon, star anise, fennel seeds, peppercorns, nutmeg, and cloves. Sometimes allspice in Western formulations. I'm sorry, chai is not the word for spice. Chai is the word for tea. So, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I remember um, was, uh, one of the, um, my boss is Indian, so, and she was mentioning that uh, like chai is, uh, chai means tea, so it is always weird when, <laughs> when you hear chai tea. It's like, it's tea tea? Right. Spice chai mm-hmm. would be a better way to say it, probably. So a lot of these ingredients are... Tangential to pumpkin spice. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Is yeah. that it, it smells a lot like pumpkin spice, and the initial flavor is a lot like pumpkin spice. It does go off into a little bit of an interesting direction at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't have doesn't just go for plain old pumpkin pie spices. It does have a little bit, of, like I said, that I was trying to figure out what that was at the end, and, and tahini is the first thing that comes to mind. So, um, which is sort of, tahini is just a sesame seed paste, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm, I'm pulling the tahini. Uh, this is pretty drinkable, right? It's not too spiced. It's not... Mm-hmm. I, I like how it kind of blends in. Cardamom can be so potent if you yeah. don't use it right. And I think the cardamom in this is is well portioned out. This is warming. I, I think I'm kind of picking up like notes of allspice. Ginger doesn't seem to be very strong in it. Doesn't seem to be you know, overt at as overt as it could be, which is probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm as a alternative to a pumpkin beer. I mean, it's not hugely different mm-hmm. from, from a pumpkin right. from a pumpkin spice beer. So um, you're not going to get like, oh, this is this is way this is radically different. But it does have some other qualities that you wouldn't normally associate with a pumpkin beer. So it's worth trying. It's really drinkable. Yeah. I'm enjoying this. Um, you know, if you generally are a person that don't like pumpkin beers because they're too spicy, and you're, I'm not saying you should give it a try if you're generally a person that doesn't mm-hmm. like it, but if you're saying, yeah, maybe I should check something out that might be a offshoot of, of 
the pumpkin beer nightmares. Uh, this is a good way to do it. I yeah, think. I'm, I'm kind of done. I mean, we've been done with pumpkin beer for a while. So I still have that sort of overall feeling of uh, there's still a bunch of spices in here. And it's, it's close enough to pumpkin beer that it's hitting some of the same notes. But it's different enough that there's... It's unique enough to, to, to at least try and, and have a taste that maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. But uh, I, I do think it's there's something else going on here than just your typical pumpkin beer. Right. Actually, I'm working on setting up a, a guest-hosted show with um, Steel City Beer. They're a um, craft-only wholesaler that just started up, and they're bringing in Pizza Boy and Stillwater uh. and Evil Twin. So we now have a primary for Evil Twin in town. Awesome. But So he's got like six brands so far. And I, he used to own... Um, Loman's beer distributor, Marksford near Sorkel's there, and you can't own a beer distributor and a wholesaler at the same time. So he sold that to his dad, and um, he's opening this. So I was just talking with him earlier tonight when I was waiting for you, and um, I think that'd be fascinating. But I also would love to talk to him from the beer retail side, like the numbers, like how pumpkin or pumpkin beers have mm. moved over the last five years, because it really seemed like it jumped the shark. Not just for beer people last year, but for everyone, right? Because it was just like, it wasn't, it was just lingered on the shelves forever. Well, the big problem, I think, was that pumpkin spice then became, I mean, it became a, a joke that pumpkin spice was in everything. Yeah. And when it hit that sort of meme status, it was like, oh, a pumpkin beer. It, 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 yeah. it became. It, a, it just seemed like it lingered yeah. last year for like the first time, like in a significant way, mm-hmm. where years ago, right, that stuff would just. Fly off the shelves. And I, mean, I, I remember the means for like pumpkin spice tampons, like that, the, the pictures <laughs> that were going around. So it, it definitely yeah, it, it hit right. like a, a critical mass of okay, this is getting ridiculous. Put to put pumpkin spice and mm-hmm. everything. I mean, there are pumpkin spice Oreos and yeah. pumpkin spice. Uh, God knows what I don't know. So Plenty I'm going to set that up, but I think getting an idea of like the volumes of pumpkin beers the retailer has moved over the last couple of years would be really interesting. Well, we're wrapping this up. Big news this week in Ohio. They repealed the 12% ABV cap. Yes. Which the cap, the 12% cap really wasn't that old. It was less, probably less than five years ago really? that they raised the cap to 12. Oh, right, right. From something lower, 7, 8, something like that. They had it raised to 12. I remember talking about it. And they got the cap repealed completely now. And, um, you know, BrewDog's moving to the Columbus area. And yes, they, they probably are. had a big... So the first beer they're going to quote-unquote brew at the new plant is End of History, which is their 55% uh, Icebox-type beer, yeah. ice-distilled beer. It's Beer in quotes, because it is ice So last time they made End of History, I was reading, they only made like 12 bottles of the thing. So it's it's all marketing. Yeah, it's, it's they're not actually making... I mean, it's not for... Yeah. I mean, made... So build, this time, if yeah. you're part of their um, Equity for Punks program, and like at the $20,000 level... You have the opportunity to get an end of history, but short of that, I don't think I'll be able to request a yeah. media sample. Which is inside, packaged inside a dead squirrel. The body's, yeah, taxiderm or the bottle is taxidermied with roadkill squirrels. It's cute. It's cute, but I mean, I'm curious. If, I, I am kind of curious if it's any good. It's, I mean, it's, it's got to taste like whiskey, right? I mean, 55%, yes. It's twice as strong it's half, as Utopia. It's over half alcohol. <laughs> It's twice as strong as Utopia's. It's got to taste like bourbon or yeah. whiskey. Yeah. It might have its own things that make it not taste like bourbon, but yeah. it's got to taste like whiskey. It's got to taste like something ridiculously strong. 
All right. Uh, should we move on to the Be Hoppy, I think? Because we want to talk a little bit about yeah, this. Yeah, sure, uh, we can do that. Pace Magazine posted 247 of the best American IPAs, blind tasted and ranked. And this one is number like 30-something? 39. Yeah. 39. Uh, one of, uh, number two was the one was one that's right near us, Brew Gentleman. Yeah. And it's, it's, it wasn't like one of their special IPAs. It was General Braddock's, their flagship. Mm-hmm. Came in number two. Number one was Prison City. It's um, up in upstate New York. And I actually stopped there on the way back from Omegang last year and had lunch there, Prison yeah. City. So they didn't have that beer on tap. Yeah. But I touched the floor of the best IPA, of the brewery, the best IPA in According the country. According to Pace, man. According to Pace, yeah. This is Be Hoppy from Warmtown Brewery. This is one you brought back from New England. Yes, it is. From your summer vacation. 70 IBU for this bad boy. We have 6.5% alcohol by volume. And they use a double dry hop and hop back process. They're, um, I guess it was bottled on August 2nd. Or it was supposed to be drank by August 2nd. Their, their label thing got a little screwed up. It says, don't It's all... Right. Listen, so, don't worry, because be worry. happy. Oh, okay, don't worry. And then yeah. it's bottled on August 2nd. Okay. I was thinking he was going to say something like, don't sell or don't save, drink mm-hmm. now, because this is one of these Northeast IPAs. However, right on the can it says, like, uh, unfiltered sediment is normal. This one isn't cloudy. This isn't all that cloudy. No. It's not one of those crazy orange juice ones. Right. It's not. It, they say it's their take on the West Coast, on, 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 okay. on their... Uh, on a left coast IPA, so not um, not a New England IPA. Not the aroma that. to me is—I mean, it's it's straight up hops, but it it smells like a, a blend of Mosaic and Simcoe to me. Mm. Right, you're getting a lot of mango, but then it gets a little kind of little dankness in there as well. Yes, agreed. Kind of uh, mango, some like. Uh, all the regular ones i'm smelling passion fruit it's not really pineapple i was gonna say pineapple and i thought twice about it it it, it's not as acidic it's kind of softer and more um you know the the it's more like a tropical flush you know type aroma than than the citrus smells real good yeah the color is a orangey orangey straw More bitter than I expected. Yeah, so I'm probably and, and more grassy than I expected too in terms of the hops. Well, it's double know. dry hop, right? So right, you're going to get yeah. some of the. Um, it is a little scratchy on the tongue, right? Like you know, like fresh lupulin type mm-hmm. thing. So I think you know the excessive dry hopping in here gave it some of that really bright aroma. I have to take another sip because it was kind of a real adjustment off that chai beer, and um, I really didn't get a deep. An impression of the flavor on the very first sip. I'm not sure about mosaic being in here. Maybe it's in here, but it's not a it's not a highlighted player because there's a lot of really grassy notes. It's coming to me as more of a sort of centennial um, hit. With I, I do think there's there's some Amarillo. There's more citrus in the flavor than in the aroma. The aroma is tropical. Mm-hmm. The flavor is definitely more citrus. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's orangey. Um, the grassiness is interesting, like you said. I'm not sure I would have necessarily pigged the Centennial, but 
there's there's something there. Um, I'll take some more sips to figure it out. It, it's it, a it's 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 kind of a harder tangerine, which is why I'm okay. thinking of Centennial. Okay, it could be just Cascade too. It, it's but I think it's one of those sea hops. Um, but there's definitely like I said, like either Simcoe or Amarillo, and I'm actually leaning more towards Amarillo than Simcoe. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not getting much. I'm not getting hardly any mango flavor mm-hmm. at all. Where I was smelling like all kinds of mango. Mm-hmm. It's um, so there's a fair amount of malty in this. In this one is too, you know, it's an IPA. It's one of the third best IPA on Pace Magazine. But you know, this has a nice small character to it too as well. When you first take that sip, you kind of get this nice um, a little pita breadish, maybe a little, little on those lines. It, it's yeah, it's, it's a little more, it's a little more caramelly. It's a little more crusty, right? Um, so a toasted pita bread. Yeah, maybe. I think there's a little more sweetness in there. Um, English muffin, I guess. Sure. Comes in a pounder can. This is the Wormtown Brewery Bee Hoppy. It was a very distinctive can. You know, you can see it right mm-hmm. away. It's a big black can with a big smiley face on it. It says Bee Hoppy. So, big black can with yellow stuff. Yeah, definitely has high contrast value. And Worcester. <laughs> Worcester yeah. Polytechnic Institute was one of the colleges I, I was I looked at. Okay. That was interesting. They had a they have a nuclear reactor on campus. Okay. I think a lot of universities probably have. It, it was one that was only it was the only oh. one that I went to that had oh, one. Okay. And I thought that was interesting. So one beer worse than this beer is a Triple Crossing worse. Brewing Falcon <laughs> Smash IPA from Richmond, Virginia. One beer better than this beer is the Great Notion Juice Junior from Portland, Oregon. I think better or worse is really very relative yeah. in this case. <laughs> yeah, 247 yeah. beers ranked. I checked in the top 50, uh, I've had 18 of the beers. I didn't count. I didn't go through the whole two forty. We've had a lot of beers, and and that means there's a decent spread of of, of stuff that they've tried. Because mm-hmm. well, it also means there's a whole lot of beers out there too. Oh yeah. So, uh, so last year they did like a hundred and sixty. So yeah. they almost added a hundred in the sampling. I couldn't imagine the logistics of doing this blind tasting of two hundred and forty seven IPAs. Yeah, I imagine that. I mean, we know from experience that if you just do like five IPAs in a row. You lose it. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, there must be just a bunch of people making notes and pulling, pulling it together. And then probably, if it's single blind, maybe there's somebody who's pulling the top together and they ask them to do another set. But I, don't know, I haven't read the articles. I don't know. They, they do talk about their methodology. I read it last year, Yeah, their methodology. And it's it's a pretty good um, way of, of doing it mm-hmm. when you have that many beers. I don't fault them for their methodology at all. It's an enviable, enviable job. <laughs> How would you like to get 247 great IPAs? Uh, Jeff, way? we've done this show. This is our 393rd episode. We have an enviable position already, I mm-hmm. think. So We do. There's <laughs> no point in being like, ugh. <laughs> Those, Those guys. You're right. Uh, sorry. Didn't come out the way I meant it to come out. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, Boston Beer sent us <laughs> Oktoberfest, and in there they gave us a liter stein, like a big glass mug, mm-hmm. and I made that Greg's beer glass tonight. So he has a liter of water in front of him. That, yeah, the, the, the water glass is a stein. It's it's heavy, and uh, it's hard to use to to <laughs> wash my <laughs> wash my cup out. No, I feel bad. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's funny. Speaking of more water, I could use some of that. All right, let's move on to the next beer. I want to do this one here. I've never heard of the brewery. This is one I think you picked up. Yes, at, yes I picked up in, in Massachusetts. In Massachusetts as well. Okay, this is Black Hog Brewing Company. And this is the Ginger Ninja. This is the beer that um, when Greg talked me into the Rare Voss being ginger, I'm like, right. oh, it's got to be this beer. There was at least there's another ginger beer, I think, in there. But I'm not sure. But this is the one I was thinking mm-hmm. it would be. So let's see how I'm curious to see how like far uh-huh. the ginger is in here and like because I I know what I tasted in Rare Voss. I'm interested to see. I mean, much... but this is also a red IPA with ginger, so it's so right, different yeah. from Belgian style beer, which we pigeonholed into a. Uh... This can feels weird. It's like. Off balance, it's like heavy on the bottom. This has a, a black. Uh, oh, it does. It has, maybe that's why. Maybe it's just a different manufacturer. It has the fancy um, pop top where there's not the hole in the top part, and they have a little pig logo there. Uh. So, Ginger Ninja is from Black Hog Brewing, as you said, six point five percent alcohol by volume, fifty six IBU. Hops that are used are Apollo, Cascade, and Centennial. So, pretty straightforward to phase one type hopping. Malts, uh, two-row pale, aromatic, British pale, carafa, carrot red, crystal 150, and melanoid. So they're definitely going for a more malty and uh, caramelish and sort of darker, um, toastier blend. And then they add fresh ginger. The, the, I don't know if you said this. They're in Oxford, Connecticut okay. is where Black Hog is. Black Hog Brewing. Interesting, they, they, they say Centennial Cascade and Bravo hops in their description, but in their other things, they say Apollo Cascade and Centennial. Yeah. So Bravo and Apollo, I think, are probably... If you look at the other pages, you'll probably find a beer that uses, you know, yeah. they copy and pasted yeah. something. Okay, so the aroma, I'm getting a light ginger aroma, but really I'm getting grapefruit juice is kind of like... It's hidden with the the maltiness a little bit, so caramel. Yeah. But there's like this like thing that's almost like you popped open a can of grapefruit juice mm-hmm. aroma coming off of this thing. The color is a kind of tannish, sort of like a a, a lighter tea, but it's very thick. I mean, you can't really see through it at all. It's very there, there's a it's lot a bit of hazy. Yeah. When I poured it, um, I noticed that the bottom of the can was kind of a lot more cloudy than the top. So we got some of the yeast in there as Do well. You want to then uh, mix? Just uh, like... sure. Yeah, we'll do yeah, a so preemptive we'll... blend. Yeah. So we're for sure getting the same beer. All right. Yeah, and we got a little carbonation worked out of it. That reminds me of uh, a thing that Rick Sellers, remember Rick from Pacific Brew News? Of course, how could I forget? Uh, he would order an IPA, you know, and this was this was out when like West Coast was IPAville, mm-hmm. and he would order, you know, Bear Republic, 
Racer 5 or something like that, and an empty glass. And the first thing you'd do would you'd pour the draft into the other glass to open it up and bring out all kinds of carbonation. I've never really tried that trick, like at a bar, like, give me the beer, re-pour it. But he swore by it. He would do that trick all the time. Of course, he was drinking in uh, pine glasses. Yeah. So yeah. we're doing it with a better glass. I think that... Right, right. I wouldn't necessarily... We haven't Fine. talked about the glass recently that we use. I mean, we have not discussed the glassware. Sure. Uh, so just just to, to remind everybody, and for those who are new, you might as well cue up the music then. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's not so much an advertisement. <laughs> okay. We drink out of uh, Spielglau, um their their uh, tulip beer, glass, beer tulip. Which, their beer tulip, which they used. To, I don't know what they call it now. They used to call it their pilsner. I think they call it the beer tulip now. Okay. Uh, it is. We like the Spielgott glasses a lot. This is by far, I think, our, our favorite tasting glass. It brings something different out of the beer than the standard shaker pint, uh, and it really does help to give us more, um, just a, a better quality of of analysis on now, the beer. Spiegelau makes a bunch of different glasses. They have the IPA glass, the stout glass, the wheat beer glass. They have white wheat beer glasses. All that I have a whole big collection of beer glasses, and uh, for the show, this is the only thing we've used for yeah. what seven years now, six years. I mean, we've occasionally tried other glasses, but this is our standard, and we right. we can, we do pretty much swear by it. I mean, we really do believe that the beers taste better, and we get more definition out of the flavors at these glasses. I agree with you. Even for IPAs, however, I do find myself, I have a, you know, since I have all the glasses, I'm drinking an IPA and 12 ounces of it. That's the other thing. If you're splitting a beer, the other glasses don't work well for partial pours. Right. You have to have 12 or 16 ounces in the glass for the IPA glass or the stout glass to really make sense. Um, Where the beer tulip works great for where Greg and I typically split a beer. So much so that when we go on... When we take the show somewhere else to do something, we bring these glasses oh, along. Absolutely. I mean, it's 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 kind of the the baseline. It's how we evaluate beer, and we love the glass. A lot of we've turned on a lot of people onto the glass. We've never got anyone saying it wasn't worth the money. They are expensive glasses. They're like ten bucks a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go on our website in the Amazon store, you'll see where you can get a four pack for the four for the price of three. I think is what the deal is. So you can get them. 30 bucks i think yeah and yes we we do think it's worth it and we will say yeah they're expensive but uh we have not had like you said nobody's complained about it nobody has said you guys are right lying about the glasses mm-hmm. all right so getting onto the flavor well i was getting that grapefruit juice the ginger, aroma the ginger ninja, ginger ninja. from blackhawk well, I was getting grapefruit juice and aroma. The the malt really kind of balanced out. There is a kind of a grapefruit type flavor in there, but it's not very acidic. It's not really like punching you in the face. Um, the maltiness kind of balances that beer out. The ginger is kind of more uh, subtle than I expected. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the name, you know, it's it's. On the other hand, I do see where flavor. I was getting the rare Voss ginger. Right? Okay. I mean, do you, do you, do you can you make that through line from the rare Voss that you remember from two weeks ago to this? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, if anything, I would say this beer has grapefruit juice added, right? You know, as yeah. I'm drinking it, that grape. Yeah. I noticed. So I just said a second ago that the grapefruit wasn't as apparent as it was in the nose. Mm-hmm. But now as I'm getting calibrated to it, the grapefruit flavor is really juicy. 
and it it's not necessarily the front flavor because the malt has the really nice job of balancing but it does taste like juice and not hop provided flavors they said that you put six pounds of fresh ginger in every batch now i don't know how big their batches are but still that's a lot of ginger mm-hmm. ginger can be pretty powerful uh but it doesn't feel like being overwhelmed with ginger like you said i mean mm-hmm. it, it feels more grapefruity with a little bit of a sort of spicy note right I like the balance on the mm-hmm. beer. I don't know if they set expectations properly. You know, Ginger Ninja, you know, where... Because it's not... It's like the tertiary flavor that yeah. you're getting out of the thing. And, I mean, that's fine. It's a fine beer. I'm not going to knock them. But, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, with the expectations of this and the ginger being so subtle, whether, you know, how that lines up. Don't see a date on this, so I'm just trying to see if there's like any possibility to fade it a bit. Um, well, I see six o two twelve. That could be. Uh, that's on just the, the no. Can, that's the can production. Yeah, the can production. So no, this beer is not four years old. I hope. Uh, yeah, the 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 bottle shop I got this from was a good shop, and this was like um, right out front. Mm-hmm. Of the setting, so whenever I whenever I go to a bottle shop, this is a, a tip, uh, I guess. Whenever I go to a bottle shop, if it's not a can, which this is a can, so it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. But if it's not a can, I take the one behind. Oh yeah, yeah. Grab because, the back beer. Yeah, because you don't want the stuff that's been light struck. Even if they they do a good job of 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 keeping out the light, it's still you're gonna have better luck with the one behind it than you will with the one that's right out front. Absolutely. It's, cans are awesome. Mm-hmm. Cans are so good. So of the show, on the show tonight, we only have one bottle. The rest are cans. Who would have thought? You know, five years ago, it it has been a, a real sea change. In, in fact, probably the next beer we should uh, have is probably yeah. I think that's that's a great segue, isn't yeah. it? So the next beer is a canned beer from a brewery who said they would never make canned beers, and it, not Boston beer because I'm pretty sure they said that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Wagonitas, they named the beer 12th of Never because that was when they were going to make their first canned beer. They call the <laughs> <coughs> these 12 ounce mini kegs, aka cans, <laughs> are an exciting <laughs> new option for us. <laughs> but I mean, it's a funny joke, but that, that mm. is kind of the, the deal um, mm-hmm. is that you get. It's sealed in a way yeah. that doesn't allow any of the light outside to get involved. Twenty uh, First Amendment was the first brewery I heard use kind of that pun where they, uh, where they, you know, they can their beers, watermelon, wheat, and things like that, and then they'd have limited one-offs, and they would call those the, the big can series. Mm-hmm. So, what is the twelfth of never? Because just looking at the color, it kind of looks like a pilsner or something like that. It's pretty pretty golden, straw-colored. I haven't smelled it yet. Judging by the aroma, it is phase three. Um, okay. Look at that pop tab. It has the little red thing, yeah. the splotch that has cut out, like wow. laser cut. And that's, not, that's gnarly. That's cool. Really fine detail of this little punch out in the top of the pop tab there. They definitely have a supplier that uh, is able to. Get, I mean, I imagine it's not too hard. It's just an aluminum. Ca- oh yeah, cast, you just right? have to have a punch yeah. on it. You gotta you gotta make your pull tabs um, yeah. custom designed. 
where you know these ones are screened, that one's cut. Yeah, still pretty cool. It's Lagunitas, right? They yeah. they are. Um, how much were they sold for? Yeah. Or, or, uh, they, they, or no, high, well they, they have a partnership with Heineken, fifty percent. So they have they have money. Yeah. Yes, they do. All right. Wow. So 5.5% alkali volume, 45 IBU, availability, they say, all freaking year long. Uh, don't have any information about the hops that are used here, but I'm it's smelling a lot of them. tropical. It's a lot of I'm them. smelling. Tropical and dank. Yeah. So this red splotch, right? Mm. That was, I know that's on Lagunitas Sucks. Is it on other things I, too? Is it on brown sugar as well? I'm trying to figure out what the red splotch means. I thought it was like a sucks thing, but maybe it's more pronounced and more prevalent in Logan News beers. I'm going to look at some of their other beers here and see if I can. It, well, it's right here on the Oh, it's right in the label. logo. Okay, so. So that that's a that's a good distinction. So here's their other Lagunitas stuff. There's their bottles. And there's Lagunitas sucks has the It has splotch. the most prominent splotch, but it's well, on their logo. I guess they've, they've added to the logo. Now. I guess it's, it's so distinctive. I suppose it is now part of their logo. Because it's not in any of the other beer artwork no. except for Twelfth of Never and Sucks. Yeah. But, but no now it's it's really part of their branding. I guess they decided, yeah. well, that, that's good enough to to be distinguishable. Because before that, I guess that they had a little dog, right? They had a little dog here on Maximus. They have a dog yeah. on IPA. They have a dog on their pills. Okay. So Getting rid of the dog. Poor, yeah. I don't know what the dog's name was. I wonder if he... Well, yeah. <laughs> Put them out the pasture. That's the <laughs> farm up, farm up state. Oh, poor thing. Okay, yeah. So this hop bomb, it's not really. So there's tropical notes in there, but it's not really like tropics. You know, it's more dank to it. It's a little more. Um, I don't know what it is. What do you got? What do you got? Well, I would say before we get into that, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about how you could support the show if you enjoy the show, and if you if you listen this far, you probably enjoy it, I imagine. And so, the best way to support us, we don't ask for much. We're really not. All we're asking is whenever you really want to buy something online, instead of going to whatever website you go to to buy stuff, you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. That's it. That will take you to Amazon, and Amazon, of course, has all the stuff you normally buy from. I mean, you can buy from other places, sure. And if you want to, go to our website. There's a bunch of links to other things you can purchase. But I think the easiest way is just purchase all your Amazon stuff through our craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon link. You do that, nothing gets changed in terms of the prices you pay, and all that happens is 6% of that goes to us. Easy peasy. We don't use it to supplement our income. We don't use it for anything else except for making the show. Better. Yeah, I mean, all these beers tonight were supported by by you, mm-hmm. by you and you and you and you, except for the Avery, which was brought by Avery. Yeah. So. Uh, and of course, uh, we do plan on doing some probably next year. We'll do some trips uh, to other places. We're not going. We're probably not doing JBF again for a while, but we will probably go on some trips to various places. Yes. Maybe see if we can get some interviews. Portland, San Diego sound like two good options. Absolutely. All right. All right. Twelfth of 
Oh, whoops. <laughs> Greg cued me to turn this thing back I up. Thought I, and... I thought I had stopped it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, 12th and Ever from Lagunitas. What's the ABV on this? Because it kind of has a bit of a, like a session IPA type taste to it. It's uh, lower than you might think. Uh, where is it again? Uh, it's 5.5. So, 5.5. Yeah. That's that's a lot of hops stuffed into a 5.5 mm-hmm. package. And that's kind of why I wondered if it was session because it kind of has that little bit of grittiness to it. That kind of straw type flavor. Yeah, I mean, look at how the color itself is, is strong. Yeah, and like what I, I yeah. mentioned when we poured mm-hmm. it, it kind of had this like almost like Pilsner type color. It doesn't have a ton of mass yeah. to the color. Or to the like the maltiness. Yeah, I think that other other breweries might call this a session IPA. I, I I'm kind of glad that uh, Lagunitas isn't because mm-hmm. I do feel like, I mean, I know that session now means lower alcohol, less diet, than ten. Yeah, but I still, I I still like that at least the session IPAs tend to be around five or lower. Um, you know, five point five is, mm-hmm. is sort of is is hitting the limit. Uh, so they're, they're not calling this session IPA, but it, it does bring to mind some of those things. Although there, there's a decent enough mat, uh, malt backbone that it doesn't feel completely session like, like some other ones I've had. Right. The, the flavors are a melange of the different flavors. Nothing's really standing out. I'm enjoying drinking it. It's the bitterness is significant. I mean, I'm, I'm halfway through. So I'm a quarter way through a can, right? And it is laying on my tongue. The bitterness is quite significant. Uh, how would what would you guess the IBUs on this? I think I, I mentioned it, but I don't know if you heard it. Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Interesting, uh, because the Ginger Ninja was higher. <laughs> Not uh, apparently, but the Bee Hoppy was higher, which I, that sort of makes sense. Um, this is the ginger ginger was, if to remember, at fifty six IBU, so that was higher than this. The, Holy the cow! The really? was at seventy IBU. This sits at forty five. Forty five really? IBU. It pulls a ton of bitterness mm-hmm. onto your tongue. It's it's not laying as much on mine yet. But I expect it will ultimately. Um, it has a lighter feel to it, like you said, so you know, sessionable mm-hmm. or session type. It's blink. Oops, sorry about that. That's all right. But don't oh, turn down our. Sorry. Our... <laughs> We have we, we have our computers now hooked up. So okay, we, we should mention we we changed our recording method about um, about three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. So we're no longer recording on our computers. We're recording directly to our uh, our Zoom recorders, our Zoom uh, devices. That way, we can both have a computer available and less create, yeah. room for error. Yeah. These seems they they record more reliably than a computer program on your computer, and we have backups going. So that was. Uh, I have a coworker who um, relative works at Lagunitas, and he was telling me about this beer, so I just sent him a picture. And then, like Slack on my computer bounces back. He's in do not disturb mode. And so, <laughs> like, Come on, I don't need that to ding on the podcast. Mm. Yeah. So this is um, 
I like this. I don't think it's going to set any records for, you know, Paste's best IPA or anything like that, but I'm enjoying this. Yeah. I could definitely see, you know, having uh, some of this in the fridge as a go-to. Yeah, it's, it's it's got it's got a nice amount of I like the carbonation in it too. I I think it, mm-hmm. it provides a nice um that's a good point. The carbonation is probably a little bit higher than mm-hmm. average. It it's it's fizzy, but it kind of with the extra bitterness, even though the IBUs aren't there, I, I think that's wrong. I think there's definitely IBUs in this thing, but the it scrubs it off yeah. and works well. It it sort of belies the lightness with with the fizziness and and, mm-hmm. and the bitterness that's there. So it it it's nice. Twelfth of never. Twelfth of never. So we probably should do another IPA before we move on to that big bad imperial stout. All right. So this next beer, and the Lagunitas, and the final beer are beers I picked up. I was at Caliente yesterday in in Hampton. Had some delicious pizza there. Caliente has a very good selection of beers. They have a very good selection of beers, and I was telling Heather, I'm like, I could spend four. Hundred and fifty, mm-hmm. five hundred dollars for show beers there. Yeah, uh, especially in Pennsylvania, where it's easy to. <laughs> if we were to go to Ohio, these beers would probably be around three quarters the price. Yeah. So this 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 is the Almanac India Pale Ale. This will be the first time I've had an Almanac that's not sour. Because so we've had Almanac several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Friedman is the the owner brewer of of Almanac. Well, yeah, no, we haven't tried this yet, so we don't know if it's sour. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not sour. Um, but uh, he he's probably one of our most famous listeners turned brewers. Mm-hmm. So you're welcome, Jesse, for getting you <laughs> yeah. getting you to open your brewery. You're welcome. Seven point five percent alkali volume. This is in a twenty-two ounce bomber bottle. They have a malt base of California grown two-row barley with small additions of German Vienna malt, crystal malts, and biscuit malt. Then they add the hops. So Apollo, El Dorado, Simcoe, and Mosaic. Now, okay. compared to the the 12th of Never, which was hops and water, right? It was all hops and water. This one has a big, caramelly, toasty yes. aroma to it. Almost a little bit... Um, Bronzy approaching copper. Has a bit of, of almost a bit of a worty type uh, aroma. Where yeah. The, where the malt yeah. is kind of... Um, has a sweetness to it. Oh, um or a cereal like, like you know, kind of like uh, grape nuts or raisin bran or something like that. If you've never brewed your own beer, um, the the word. Well, first it, off, you should. I mean, you don't have to. It's not a requirement. No, but you should but do it once. You should. It, that that word has a really interesting and very uh, luscious smell mm-hmm. to it, where it's this. It's a sugar water, sweet porridge. Yeah, uh, but it really. It draws you to it. You can sort of understand why other little bugs would be drawn to it, too, uh, which is why you have to be very careful about your sanitation. But, yeah, so the, the quality of, of the aroma is very similar to that, that period before you, um, before it gets, in, you know, you inoculate mm-hmm. it and then you, you, you put the yeast in and bottle it. 
Right. I had a beer yesterday at Caliente that smelled a lot like this. It's from Firestone Walker. Was it Double Jack? Is that what it's called? Or Double Barrel? It's also what a, a brewery will generally smell like. If you go mm-hmm. toward a brewery, yeah. you'll get a lot of this aroma. I want to say it was Double... Yeah, Double Jack. Which is different from Double Barrel Ale. Um, but it smelled a lot like this. And that's the beer I had yesterday. So, another bench post benchmark for people who might be listening. Taste already too. Yeah, it's not necessarily West Coast, right? It's, yeah. It's, it's more... It's interesting, more English. The malt really carries through this whole through line. Mm-hmm. And it, it kind of finishes with kind of... Uh, Yeah, wordy wordy is is a good way to put it. I I don't want that to sound like a pejorative, really. It isn't. I mean, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, like yeah. the word the word smell is, smells very inviting to mm-hmm. me. Uh, and, and I don't want to. I don't sound like we're saying it's like under fermented or something like that, right? Okay, it has sure. it has this really sweet residual sugar thing to it. You know, this gives it a ton of mouthfeel. It um, is kind of like. Actually, I think Raisin Bran, I mentioned it before, but, you know, like, kind of like when you got the Raisin Bran, it's kind of soggy in the milk and you're eating it, you know, and, you know, it's kind of flavor, kind of like that. Sure, sure, yeah, because there's a little bit of a brown sugar note to it, right, a little bit of a of a sweet note, and there's also that malty brannish uh, note there. And then I coming agree. off the Lagunitas... The hops are kind of mingled in with the malt, right? Yeah. They're, like, they're not, I mean... like They're more delicate. It, it, hopefully, it's, it's more delicate as I become calibrated to this beer, I can start talking about the hops. But two sips off of the 12th of Never, I'm like, I'm just noticing the malt. It's still what we call a phase three. It's still in that tropical area. There's mango and there's uh, some pineapple coming through. So it's, it's not like... Um, it doesn't feel like a throwback to... Uh, the old West Coast IPA is so much. But there is enough dankness that it doesn't feel too far into tropical also. 2.5 maybe? Okay. Oh, that's interesting. I'm surp- I was just thinking, I remember looking at Almanac. Almanac has a series of labels that kind of look like the Silicon Valley like mm-hmm. title, title slide. And this one is all script letters. Yeah. And I'm wondering if like this is like... You know, the end of... It has kind of an Indian script look to it, right? Yeah. But I was expecting something to look more like Silicon Valley, so I'm wondering if they're like... Which is, I'm guessing, India. Working through their uh, labels or something like that. Let's see what the internet has to say about this beer in the label art. Oh, same picture as we got, so maybe the new labels aren't out yet. This is from San Jose, California. I'm looking yep. for a date on this guy. Um, yeah, probably not. I wouldn't expect on that package um, automatic date code. Oh, wait. Right, there's a lot of sediment on the right bottom. Right up there on the shoulder, I think there's one, right? There. Batch 1500. Black ink on a brown bottle. Easy to read. Hard to see. 1-800-102-015. Should I call that number? So, what? So, one zero. So 2015? Does that 
No. 215th day of the year, maybe? 10, 2015. 1,800, 10, 2015. That's the... We'll need the almanac decoder ring. Oh, I can't even see it. I can see those letters there, but I can't read it. It took me some time to get the right angle to look at it, but 180020. Yeah. No. Or 10... 2015. It's possible. I've seen some old beard Cayente. Yeah. Okay, so does it taste hop faded to you? I mean, it seems like the mulch really leading the show mm-hmm. here. Does that mean it's hop faded? It doesn't taste faded though. It doesn't taste it doesn't it doesn't stale. It doesn't taste stale, but it, it is I, I think it's possible it's hop faded. I think this could be in October twenty fifteen. How's the soundboard working for you over there? I haven't picked, I haven't picked one yet. I thought you were going to pick. All right, so yeah, I think this probably is kind of worse. <laughs> there you go. Old beer is sad beer. <laughs> it's fourteen dollars. I'll never get back. So I picked up at, at the Caliente in Lebanon. I picked up um, uh, a Jolly Pumpkin that was from last year, or even like it might have been twenty fourteen. Even jeez. Oh, um, Hopefully, it aged well. It aged well. So it, right. I mean, it's Jolly Pumpkin. They're right. meant to age, but. Almanac IPA, different story. Probably, yeah. IPAs generally don't age well. No, here's a beer that should age well. Look at that. It just... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Left some marks on Jeff's glass. Um, it's shot out of the can. Of, it holy it cow, that's motor oil. Look at that motor oil. Wow. Okay, so this is uh, from Stillwater and Casita Cervasic. Cervasia. Cervasia. This is a collaboration, which is apparently is a whale, you say, called On Fleek. Uh, I don't know. It looks and feels like a whale. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 650, so maybe not. Stillwater uh, is in Maryland. Uh, not sure where uh, Cassida is. This is 13% alcohol by volume, an American double stout or slash imperial stout. It's got lots of little weird, like... Okay, so this is distributed by 12% LLC, Brooklyn, New York. Brewed and canned by Stillwater Artisanal, Stratford, Connecticut. Huh. Uh, the Then it says S.E. Cask, Sweden, Hegsfursten, Beer... Beer, beer, and then other words for beers like stark coal, ul, cerveza, and ul. So if you look at the the can itself, the it looks kind of like sort of a tropical gravel in a fish tank. So it's oh, like yeah, the yeah. Uh, purple and and blue like rocks, uh, and then some. I don't know what this is here with the blue veins maybe that's water on top cool. of the fish tank it's kind of like coral coral yeah kind of but that, that's that's what came to mind as like a fish tank thing. 
No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Probably not, but I'm with you. This interesting can. There's all kinds of Swedish stuff on here. <laughs> okay, so uh, their description of their website is very uh, minuscule. Uh, it's it's kind of marketing speak, but it's minuscule enough that, that I don't mind. Uh, here's the here's the entire thing. Big overhyped imperial stouts. Am I right? This one on fleek though. The most amazing collaboration ever with Casita Cerveceria. Okay. It smells very, very sweet. So you said it's 13%. 13%. It pours every ounce, every percentage point of 13%. <laughs> I mean, it's motor oil. It's black, 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 black. Um, dark so- tan head. The aroma on it is kind of this... Okay, I'm looking at Bear Beer Advocate just briefly, and once some guy, the very, very first review says, it says collaboration with Casita Cerveceria, but that's really Hill Farmstead. And that means I'm muy enthusiastic. I'm not excited about it. <laughs> oh, wait, so, so there's whales upon whales here. Yeah. <laughs> it's whales the whole way down. It's a double whale. It's a secret whale via Sweden. The aroma is so saturated. It's this barley juice, boozy, cocoa, kind of um, bit of licorice and tobacco. It's it's like a dark burned imperial style. It's (laughs) it's got some really rich stuff going on. Do you want to see how far? Doesn't have as much of a well. Yeah, it does have slickness. On I'm looking at. It. I'm just trying to sort of like coating this, the yeah, thickness of the, the glass. Yeah, it coats yeah, the glass pretty is, well. Yeah. I mean, it's not milkshake Dark Lord from way back when, right. but kind of has a smoky, roasty type flavor on the first sip as you're getting acclimated to it. That's kind of my impression as opposed to chocolate and other things. I'm getting kind of this smoky roast. Jeez, from the first sip, it's like mainlining. Like I, I just got like a little little flutter up in the brain. It like went right there. <laughs> uh, tastes like diabetes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very sweet. sweet. Um it it has kind of that circus peanuts thing that you've talked about before. I've never had them, but I think that there's some circus peanuts thing going on here. There's a lot of, like Jeff said, roastiness, but not so much smokiness. I'm not really getting a, a smoky characteristic. I am getting something of a... Well, maybe a little bit. Maybe as I sort of let it sit. Some of the smoke is coming through. I let it sit down. I picked it up and took a big sniff. And it is booze bomb. It is. If you like a big boozy imperial stout with a lot of roasty, you know, with kind of those. If you do like that. It's over 9,000. <laughs> <laughs> I just searched for diabetes, diabetes but I couldn't oh, find the Wolford Brimley. The Wolford Brimley. Yeah. <laughs> 
this is a beer you need to take your time with. So I think we're going to just maybe talk about it here for a second, but let's start thinking about our rankings. I'm not going to push through this beer. Mm. Too big, too roasty. But. <clears throat> hmm. So what do you think, boss? Well, I guess it's my turn to go first. You've gone first a, a bunch in, in the last couple times, so let me let me go here and add my my two cents. Yeah. There wasn't a bad beer in the punch. Um, I'm going to put the Avery in last place, though. And the only reason is because I'm kind of... Like I, like I sort of just described in my... Um, when I was talking about it, I'm, I'm very much over spice beers that don't have anything... Uh, that, that, that don't give me something very different. Mm-hmm. And the Avery is not very different. The Avery is different enough that it's interesting and I liked it. Uh, I liked what was coming out of it. But if you are sick, as sick of spice beers as, as we are, then... Uh, as at least at least as I am, and I think as Jeff is, then you might be a little hesitant to go after this. And I would understand. Uh, if you're looking for something a little bit different, for, if you like spice beers, you're looking for something a little bit different from a pumpkin spice beer, it's a good example of of something that that, that is similar in, in approach and similar and sort of spicy, but also goes off in some different directions. And I did like the tahini that was coming out of it. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was tahini. But uh, it, it's going to be in last place because the other beers were to me a lot more, uh, a lot more inviting. Um, in terms of though, uh, not quite as inviting as I might have expected. I'm going to put the Wormtown next. I kind of felt overburdened by the bitterness there. It, it, it. This is the bee hoppy. Um, it didn't strike me as as super awesome as I suppose that the we were expecting based on its the the, the paste magazine rating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just felt it was a little bit uh, a little bit over bitter, and I wasn't too sure about that sort of that amarilliness that was coming through. It didn't it didn't strike me exactly right. I'm going to put in next place the Black Hog. This would be the Ginger Ninja. I felt it was very good. I, I, I liked how surprisingly subtle the ginger was in comparison to the uh, what, what I was expecting, but it definitely came through. Ginger Ninja from Black Hog. Uh, in third place, uh, I am going to put... I'm going to put this one, the Stillwater. Uh, it's it's very sweet, mm-hmm. very very sweet. It has a lot of alcohol to it. It it's we're, we're very being very slow with it, but there's nothing that's like. I mean, it, it's it, it's good. It's, it it it's tasty. I'm enjoying it, but there's also nothing that's like whoa, amazing, uh, and. Hmm. I'm at, I'm at a little bit of a of a <laughs> of a conundrum here, because even though I do feel the almanac is hot, man, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed that wordy quality, and that may be why I'm putting it ahead of the Lagunitas. Okay. So I'm going to put in second place the Lagunitas, uh, 21st of Never, 
which I did feel was really... 12th of Never. 12th of Never. <laughs> so I transposed them. Uh, 12th of Never. Uh, I, I thought it was really, really good. I really enjoyed it a lot. But there was something... That, I mean, I told you I really like that wordiness. I love that flavor when when I can get it mm-hmm. and it comes through. And it really came through in this, even though it probably is hot faded. Uh, so if you can get yourself a year-old almanac... <laughs> Go for it because that is my number one. Jeff. All right. This is one where we're completely on different pages. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to put the, the Stillwater in last place. It's fine. It, it's, it's too one dimensional for Imperial Stout for me. And the, the, the balance of worth your sobriety comes into play. And it's a fine beer. Uh, you know, there's no hard luck loser, right? There, it's a fine beer, but I I want something better if I'm drinking 13%. Mm-hmm. I want something that gives me a more nuance, more delicate notes. And this one is kind of very yeah. boastful of boozy and burnt, you know, dark, dark toasted malt. I will admit I'm forgiving of a, of a stout that doesn't have issues. That is this yeah. high in alcohol. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, hard luck for that one. And then uh, I think I'm going to put the Almanac in fifth place. So, it, it again, nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wordiness was a neat flavor to it. I don't, I'm not sure whether I could taste anything, any signatures of hop fading myself. I'm not sure. Could be, yes. Could it not be? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, compared to some of these other hoppy flavors that we had in beers tonight, you know, this one was so subdued. But I did enjoy the flavors. Uh, I, I understand why Greg likes it. And then in fourth place, let's do... What do I have left? Okay, I got those ones left. In fourth place... I'm going to do the Ginger Ninja. Um, I I liked the grapefruit juice type flavors. Mm-hmm. I think the red IPA, the malt characters there were very pretty interesting. And then the ginger was really the third act, right? Or the the third supporting role. Mm-hmm. It was so subdued that you know the label really didn't set my expectations properly. But it was good beer. In third place, let's do. The Avery. I, I like that beer. I like that beer quite a bit. I thought it was super drinkable. It was a nice blend of spices without going overboard in any one way. The cardamom was the most prominent thing and wasn't overpowering. And that's not a statement that I say very often because, you know, cardamom <laughs> can goes cuckoo nuts. I mean, easy. really, you have like a little bit and it's good and just a little bit more and it's overpowering. It is. Yeah. yeah. So they nailed the cardamom and everything else just followed behind that. In second place, I'm going to do the Lagunitas, 12th of Never. Uh, Super hoppy beer. Uh, The Session IPA character on there gives a little bit of a gritty mouthfeel. You know, that's what put it in second place over the Bee Hoppy for me. I think the Bee Hoppy had a more luscious, juicy, hoppy mouthfeel. I just thought it really worked for me tonight. And it was kind of a mirror image (laughs) in Greg and I's rankings that we liked the different beers for completely different reasons. All right, well, um, yeah, okay. Well, I guess I would say 
Have to have a happy Labor Day, everybody. <laughs> everybody gets it. Well, I mean, it's probably. I don't know if this will come out. Yeah, no Labor one's Day. gonna hear before yeah. Labor Day. But, but think back. Yeah. Think back to what you were doing Sunday night. And, we're and, we're doing this Sunday night, and that's the beauty of it. So we have t- tomorrow off. We don't have to worry about it. <laughs> tomorrow off. But my dad's gonna be kicking my kids up, and I have to go fishing at seven in the morning. <laughs> yeah, let's drink some more. <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks, everyone. Craft Beer Radio is released on the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to email us, beer at craftbeerradio. If you want to tweet us, at Jeff Bear. At CBR Greg. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>